This episode is dedicated in the memory of Chris Crosby, the artist, musician, and performer behind Just Cool, the intro and outro to Turn the Page podcast. Chris lost his life early September of 2021, and he will be fondly remembered by the library community. You're listening to the Library Pros Podcast with Chris and Bob, a techie librarian and a computer. Welcome to Turn the Page, the official podcast of the Syosset Public Library. Who was that? Hi, and welcome to episode 90 of the Library Pros Podcast. And a very special episode of the Turn the Page podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Bob. And I'm Jessica. And I'm Stacy. And I'm Evelyn. And today we are coming to you remotely from the booth at the Sachem Public Library in Holbrook, New York, the Emma S. Clark Memorial Library in Setauket, New York, and the Syosset Library in Syosset, New York. Library Pros Podcast is a bi-monthly podcast, so please subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find podcasts. And please check us out on Twitter at The Library Pros and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The Library Pros. Turn the Page Podcast. Turn the Page at the Syosset Library releases episodes weekly and can be found wherever you find podcasts. Podcast uh, resources? Ooh, that's a good question. Ooh. Uh, we usually I'm sure Chris plug, has that somewhere in here. We usually plug you guys. <laughs> awesome. Great. Uh, That's where we're to... getting all of our guests from. Exactly. Right? The page. Yeah. Oh, yeah. really? <laughs> wow. Probably, yeah. Go to our Facebook page, the trending Facebook page. Yes, yes, right. yes. You, you Hashtag can, uh, trending. And we have, a, we have a Turn the Page Twitter account, SPL Turn the Page at Twitter. So you can find us there too. Sometimes, sometimes we chat on there. So uh, drop us a line. No surprise, Chris. I went off script already. So that's oh. fine. <laughs> there you go. So today is a special crossover event. In case you haven't guessed it by now, we're podcasting jointly with the Turn the Page podcast from the Syosset Public Library. Stacy Mencher and Evelyn Hershkowitz are readers' advisory librarians, and Jessica Chouten. I always say your name wrong. It's Chouten, right? Chouten. Chouten. Yes. I, I know I speak French, so I figured I'd figure that out by it's, now. It's fine. It's fine. There's lots of history <laughs> behind my last name, but that is, that's how we pronounce it. And at I've the known moment. you for how long, and I still can't say your last name. It's fine. Nobody can. My so, husband can't. Oh, that's fine. So, and she's the community engagement specialist over at Syosset. So if you're a frequent listener of the podcast, then you may remember Jessica from our COVID series of episodes, which were so riveting and so chilling and so, oh my God, can we finish talking about COVID already? So we're going to talk about podcasting in libraries, but first we're going to have a chat with our new co-hosts. So it's always fun doing a crossover episode. We've done a couple of them, and we're excited to be doing this with Syosset. For the listeners, introduce yourselves and tell us how you got started in library land. Oh, man. Um, do, you, do you mind if I go first? Please go do. for it. All right. I've been so, in the long SDR, so. Oh, yeah, that's kind of weird, but that's true. So, yes. <laughs> So um, I originally, back in my youth, I actually wanted to be in uh, film in some way. Um, however, I did intern at um, a certain film company, uh, which will remain nameless, and I just decided that it wasn't for me. But uh, one thing I did do was um, 
one of the internships I did for them was in their archiving department. And I thought that that was really cool. So when I graduated college, I was trying to think about exactly what I wanted to do because I knew it wasn't film, but I always remembered the archiving and I thought I'd be an archivist and maybe I'd work at the Met. And I found out you had to go to your, um, to get an um, MLS for that. And I was like, that makes sense because I think the thing that I always liked about films was stories really more so than the rest of it. So I was at Long Island University and then um, a position came up on the listserv for a trainee position in the children's department in Syosset, which is actually my hometown. And I said, okay, well, I really do need a job. And even though this wasn't necessarily the path I originally wanted to take, let me, you know, let me apply and see what happens. And I ended up liking it. And I ended up uh, in children's for 15 years. And then I've been doing this for three. And that is my story. <laughs> okay, I'll go next. I'm older, but haven't been in library long and long as long as Jessica. I used to help the librarian in elementary school. That's how much I knew I wanted to be a librarian my entire life. Unfortunately, I took a totally different path. I did pension administrative work after college. Got to the point where I couldn't stand it anymore. The Syosset Library had just done a magnificent renovation. I was a Syosset patron, lived in Syosset, came to the library, I would say, every other day. Um, as Pam Martin says, I used to come in the children's room, never asked for help, just went about my business, got the books I needed for my kids and left. And I used to speak to some of the people here. And finally, it was Pam Martin, the assistant director, who said, oh, there is such a position called library assistant, where as long as you have your college degree, we'll let you work in all the different places and you can learn about library. So I started just as a clerk. And loved it so much, ended up going to library school and eventually became a Rita Services librarian, which I love. And now working with Jessica on her Turn the Page podcast. And I'm enjoying that. It's the library's Turn the Page podcast. It's not mine. It's the library's podcast. Not anymore. Now Come on, man. Now it's Jessica's Turn the Page podcast. It's the library's podcast. He's the founder. Oh, you're going to get me in trouble. I, not no. exactly. We should we should talk about. I mean, really, we we owe a service to another librarian here who does a lot of background <laughs> stuff. But we'll we'll shout out to her in a little bit. <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> misinformation in a library. I guess I'll. My story is. Um, I've always loved reading. I was the child that I had to be bribed with books to go sit outside. Otherwise, I'd be in my grandmother's apartment in Florida, avoiding the sun. Um, listeners, you can't see me, but I am extremely pale. Uh, so that's what started me loving reading. I went to Binghamton. I got a history degree. Like I know a lot of librarians have. And I was like, I'm going to be a researcher. And my mom's like, you're never going to make money, be a lawyer or a teacher. And I was like, no. And actually on my list of things you could do with a history major librarian was one of them. And I was like, maybe we'll see. And my mom was the mom that went to the library and was like, can my daughter get a job? Can my daughter get a job? How do you get a job at libraries? What did you do? And bugged staff members who, thank God, don't remember her. But uh, they said, you know, get your foot in. I started as a page at Syase. And then I audited some classes before I went for the degree to see if I really wanted to do this. Then I became a trainee. 
uh, for reader services. And then I became a full-time librarian after I got my degree, but also like Jessica, I also like archives. And I did my internship for LIU at the Scholastic Archives. And they taught me how to catalog there too. And I really fell in love with that. So I do a lot of cataloging here, but I, I primarily do reader services and I work with Evelyn and she's very, very knowledgeable. And like everyone loves her, and everyone Everybody else loves comes Jessica. To the reader services desk, but they, and they they're come like, to our "Where's Evelyn? Why are you here?" She's like, <laughs> she's, everyone just loves her, so it's always it's fun nice. to work with her on the desk. Except in COVID times, we don't work together on the desk because right, this thing. But so that's my library land story. I definitely found my calling at reader services, no doubt about it. So Bob, why don't you go next? Oh sure. Um, I have a long and twisted history with technology. So I was always into computers growing up and I started working at the Suffolk Cooperative Library System, believe it or not, driving the truck that delivered all the books. And then there was an opening in the computer department. I took a test, passed it really well, and then uh, started working in technology. Um, they paid for all my certifications and whatnot to go back to school and get certified in all the Cisco certifications and Microsoft uh, certifications and just fell in love with technology and supporting libraries um, using technology. So we ran all of the communications for, at the time, I think it was 62 libraries, 62 member libraries in Suffolk. So it was great. And then I uh, moved up from there and have never left, you know, for the last 25 years have been supporting libraries in one way or another um, by running technology services and helping patrons and staff better uh, communicate and, and work with technology that, that then helps the patron. So, Okay. So I guess it's my turn, huh? It, it is. is. You have a long and twisted you. relationship too, Chris, don't you? Go oh, ahead, God. Chris. So, okay, so <laughs> I went undergraduate St. Joseph's College in Patchogue, New York, and I majored in uh, political science, social science, sociology, all that stuff, because I had intended on becoming an attorney. Uh, I took a year off from after college and went to law school up in Boston. And if you've ever heard that shtick, look to your left, look to your right, those people won't be there when you graduate. I was the guy on the left. So moved back from Boston, paralegal certificate from LIU. Then I worked as a paralegal in New York City for six months and absolutely positively hated every ounce of it. Answered an ad in Newsday, which is our local newspaper here on Long Island, for a paralegal job in Garden City and worked for this guy who was a partner. And I worked with him from 95 until 97 when he was elected to Supreme Court as a judge. And he brought me with him. It was a long and twisted tale. And I had finally realized um, that I was just not cut out for for the legal biz. and But I, one thing I did do a lot was help the IT department with setting up people's computers. We At the time, we were using Novell GroupWise, which is like, ouch, horrible. And um, the IT department would come to me with questions. And then I started doing training because I was always – the thing about law that really I was passionate about was the research you know, I would love to research my way out of a problem, research my way, you know, to try to come up with a solution. So I was doing a lot of research with the judge. And then I, as Westlaw and Lexis, which are the online databases for law, started to really develop and come into their own. I actually trained judges who went as far back as serving in World War II, how to do legal research online. So that was kind of like where the teaching component came in for me. And then uh, I got my MLS in 2001 from Post. And at the time, we had just had our first daughter. And I was driving from Suffolk County into Nassau County because uh, I worked in Nassau County. And 
when we figured out childcare cost, it just real it was like one of those things where it this isn't making sense. We're going to lose more money. So my wife had gotten a big promotion at her job. I decided to leave the courthouse full time, and I got a part time job at the Longwood Public Library, and I was there from 2002 until 2015 as a part timer. And during my time there, I was really involved with technology and teaching classes and, and all that other stuff. And then I transitioned to the Sachem Public Library in uh, in 2015, and I've been their technology librarian ever since. And we built a makerspace called the Studio, which we have all kinds of fun stuff in. So yeah, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. We're going to talk about podcasting and libraries uh, in our next segment. Um, but does anyone want to share how they got interested in podcasts as a listener and then had that kind of aha moment to want to reg- really start a podcast of your own? Oh, boy. Um, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> were we ready for that question? Sorry. Are we ready for that question? We're never ready for that I, question. Well, I'd say, Jessica, like, you're the one who really helped start the libraries one. I just got into podcasts because I like listening to audiobooks and radio and it was like a good combo of both and i like talking a lot so that's why i got involved in ours because especially jessica brought up pop culture and i was like i'm in for myself i started hearing about a podcast called welcome to night vale which is like this really quirky uh, like a serial horror podcast and it sounded kind of weird because i was just like you mean like the old radio shows back before tv and people were like, no, it's a podcast. And then they tell me about it. And I'm like, that sounds like, you know, one of the old serials, but okay, I'll bite. And I became addicted to it. And, you know, it was just really fun. And there's just so many, now there's so many podcasts out there. But uh, as far as library podcasts go, what happened was we have to give credit to Lisa Hollander, who is another reader services librarian here at Syosset. And she is a huge podcast listener. And she went to one one of Chris's talks at Long Island Library Conference about podcasting in libraries and was like, oh my gosh, we should do a library podcast because she was, you know, really excited and she listens to to library pros and and she still I wanted mean, to do a podcast after and listening. She still to wanted us. to do yeah, she still <laughs> wants to do a podcast. So she got like I think it's like some very basic equipment, right? Like equipment that we don't use anymore now because it was super, super basic, um, like a little task cam recorder. Uh, and there was nothing wrong with it. It's just, I think that turn the page out, grew it. Um, and we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing now. So anyway, uh, but nothing really, it, it didn't really evolve into anything. It was just an idea and a recorder. And then she gave me a tip that you were going to be speaking at NYLA, New York Library Association Conference. And I was like, all right, I'll go. And, you know, I went and I wrote up some notes and I thought it all sounded really, really cool. But I was just thinking to myself, ah, but I don't know. I don't know if I could really do this anyway, but I'll bring it back and I'll see what people think. And then our administration, I think we had just, did we, did we just get a new director at that point right before we started this? Um around the same time because it was like 2017 well anyway uh, i we, we got a new director shortly after and i think the board was looking at the notes i took and the, and our director christine belling is a big podcast person and was like hey would you be interested in working on this and um you know we spoke to lisa and lisa wanted to do some of the background stuff uh for the podcast and i was just like, sure, because I always agree to things, even if I don't know what I'm agreeing to. So I, I said yes. And then 
beat myself up. Like, what did I agree to? But then I was like, okay, I'll figure it out. And um, I started playing with Audacity. And it's so weird because when I think about where we started, like I said, we had this little task cam and um, how it started was we would interview people who were lecturers at the library because we're like, okay, where can we get some, where can we get material? Like, oh, well, there's a lecture on this. That sounds good. I'll pull this person into the booth and be like, talk to me about it for a few minutes. Okay, cool. Bye. And I played with Audacity and then things just grew from there, which I'm sure we can talk about in the next segment. What about yourself, Evelyn? Honestly, I started doing it because we had authors here. I love, love speaking to authors, love hearing about how they started their book, how they became an author, just everything about them. So that's really, I, and I'm honestly, I'm not a big podcast listener because if I'm going to listen, I want to be listening to a book. So <laughs> if I don't have the time to read a book, listen to a book and listen to podcasts and take care of dinner and everything else that has to get done. So something has to fall through the cracks. And unfortunately, it's the podcasts. So, but when we had the authors here and I could sit with Jess, Stacy, or whoever else wanted to be in on it, we love just interviewing authors. So that's really how I got started. So, Bob, what about you? I got started because of you. So Chris, Chris had this brilliant idea with no hardware and he just called me one day and he said, because we've been involved in a ton of stuff uh, together throughout our careers. And he said, um, hey, I'm thinking about doing this podcast. And I said, what's a podcast? And he said, right, let me tell you about it. And uh, we went through a couple of things and I don't know, I was a sidekick somehow. So I have to thank any of my involvement for, for you being the, uh, the evil, evil one that somehow directed all of this so well you're definitely more than a sidekick that's silly well you do an incredible job though i mean you, you know you he does the hardware he does the editing he does uh, i don't think he'd let me do it because I'd, I'd mess it all up but he does all that stuff the script hardware. writing i mean he does it all i literally just and sometimes because i have three crazy kids and um sometimes i, I can't make it to all the podcasts so chris has really uh, brought me into this uh world and it's been it's been awesome just being alongside what you've done. And I think all of us, right, at some point have to thank you for, um, you know, moving yeah. us in the right direction and, and just kind of like spearheading uh, the use of a technology and, and, a, and a platform to uh, to get the word out there for libraries. And I think uh, I'm happy to be your sidekick partner, whatever you want to call me. So. Sidekick. But I am here because of you. You did it all. So that's, uh, <laughs> well, I, pre I appreciate it. I need a technology guy. I'm like, I guess I'm a technology guy. I could do it. So, well, the idea was, Bob, you do so many different things. The last thing I wanted to do is say, I want to do a podcast and I want you to build it. I wanted to make this. I wouldn't know. No, that's not my thing. I wouldn't know how to do it. But I, I wanted to make this as not heavy lifting for you as possible because you're constantly mm -hmm. lifting and, and doing all these things for all these different people. I mean, you've done it, my friend. I don't to, I don't to the point where our mechanic, you're the IT guy for our mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. So, you know, yeah, it's fun. so I'm like, I want to do something where Bob just has to come see the script and then just go with it and have a good time. So and sometimes I, I mess up the showing up part, too. That was great. Just two days ago, we had a podcast. <laughs> and I swear, I did the same thing. I, I think you guys can relate. But for, we have a podcast coming up next week. That's at 6 p.m. And there was a podcast scheduled for Was it Tuesday? It was just recently just it was a couple days ago. Tuesday, yeah, last week. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, and he texts me in the morning. He's like, Bob, are you ready? I'm like, Yep, I'm ready, man. I'll see you later. I didn't say what time I'd see him later. So it's on my alerts, my calendar, everything for six PM. It was at two. 
So that was great. So, um, <laughs> and I was on the road to Sag Harbor and I'm like, I can't possibly do it at two o'clock. And, and Chris texted me and I'm like, what do you mean? Am I ready for the podcast? Yeah. I'll see you in four hours. He's like, no, we're on. Everything's ready. I'm like, oh man, I just so. Oh. Maybe you guys can relate to that. Sometimes I miss. Yeah, percent so. happened to me today. <laughs> 114 things on my calendar, and I don't realize that podcast is at two instead of six. So. Hey, it happens to all of us. But, yeah. Um. So for me, I was sitting at the reference desk at Longwood. Um. And this starts with my Droid X, um, Motorola, Android phone. I couldn't take it anymore. It kept crashing and rebooting. Um, there's a longer story to this. I won't bore you with. So I said, <laughs> I had a friend who worked at the Apple store and said, all right, I'm coming to the dark side. Went and <laughs> and took my um, my Droid X and ditched it and got an, a brand spanking new state-of-the-art iPhone 4S. And I started, and I said, oh, podcasts. I heard about this. Let me see if there's any library podcasts because maybe I could learn something. And there are, there were some back then. We're talking like 2011, 2012. Um, but they were either about accession numbers or cataloging, which no offense, guys, about the cataloging, but... No. I agree. Not a lot of people. It's get you have to really love it to like it. Yeah, and there are those people. There are like super cataloging geeks out there. Right. No offense. Sure. Right. No, there are. Let's, yep. So I, I th said, "Where's the, where's the podcast about tech? You know, libraries and tech." And I said, "Well, I've been listening to Howard Stern and Opie and Anthony long enough. Those are radio personalities. For those of you not in the United States, you may know who Howard Stern is, but not Opie and Anthony. Google it; it's a lot easier." Um. <laughs> And I said, oh, I could do something like that. We can do something like that. And and we've always been fans. Bob and I have both been fans of Car Talk, which has been on NPR forever. And we thought, you know, I thought, wow, we could do like a Car Talk library kind of podcast and make it fun and, and lighthearted and, and definitely not bring up accession numbers and cataloging um, and not put people to sleep, or at least we hope we haven't put people to sleep. Well, now that you've offended probably a third of our profession, listeners. Yeah, of course. <laughs> And then so I – there were no um, podcasting for dummies books back then. There was no how-to. So I literally had to I, – I went old school and bought a manila file folder holder and made folders for each aspect of what a podcast was and took notes and printed stuff out. And then I learned, oh, yeah, well, I figured, yeah, well, you just record it. You throw it up on iTunes. Well, nope, it's not that easy. It's not about putting it in iTunes. iTunes doesn't do anything but redirect. So I, I learned, oh, crap, I need an audio host. That's going to be some money. Oh, I need some equipment. And we started with a, a Blue Yeti microphone, which I thought, oh, well, I'll get two of them. So we both can have a microphone. And then I learned, oh, yeah, Blue Yeti mics, you can only plug one that, into a computer. There you go. That, Bob's holding Blue it up Yeti to the camera. <laughs> you know, you can only use one Blue Yeti mic because they, when they create them, and this is no diss on Blue Yet, on, on Yeti, but... They all have. They all come with the same serial number, so when you plug oh. in, when you plug more than one into the same laptop, they cancel each other out. Ooh. So at first, and I intended on using my phone to record it. So Bob, you can attest to this. I had like fourteen different adapters to get from a um, the old school thirty pin Apple um, plug in adapter to USB to the USB mic with a powered USB hub and all this other stuff. So I needed like thirty adapters three extension cords and we all in the first episode we huddled around a blue yeti microphone and it was way too uncomfortable because we were all way too close to each other 
That's um, before COVID. Yeah, I was now, going yeah, to say that, that, is, that is an actual horror story in yeah. this world these times. <laughs> and the best part Never. about it was we recorded the first episode and I forgot to plunk the mics down. <laughs> so, that was with our $11 Ellen Druda. Yes, it was oh. with Ellen Druda. Every time Druda, we yeah. mention Ellen Druda, she's up to it. We have, she has to pay us eleven dollars now. So we're up to uh, how many? We're up twenty two dollars. Ellen Druda, thirty. I don't know. She's retired now, and she's an icon. So we're probably like a hundred dollars an episode or something like probably that. Right. So, <laughs> if, if we mention her name, do you still have to pay eleven dollars? Uh-huh. Yeah, we do. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. oh. <laughs> so go ahead and mention it. Yeah, that's fine. That was a great episode, though. And the, but the second one, the re-recording was better. Yes, it was. So we rescheduled her, and I guess we just um, we rescheduled Ellen, and we had more time to plan, more time to think about. All the jitters were out because we had already done it once for two hours. So the second episode was actually better than the first. And then that was the absolute last time we used that configuration. That's right. Because then I went back to the drawing board and bought uh, mics. So if anybody's listening to this thinking, well, give us some specs. We'll, we'll get into some of the nitty gritty later, but I bought Samson R21 mics. They come in a three pack from Amazon. And at the time it was like 50 bucks for three of them. Now they're down to like 30 bucks. And I found an app that I use for the recording called, uh, it was originally um, Boss Jock, but they upgraded it to a different app called uh, Backpack. It's a great app. You can load all your sound effects and music and everything in there. And then I recorded to a, a, an old four track board. I've now upgraded to an eight track board and they're cheap to like 150 bucks on Amazon. And all the wires and mic holders and everything are super cheap. Wires are like $4 to $8 a piece. Um, mic holders are like $8 a piece. So you can do this really on the cheap. Um, none of us are rich. So we were able to figure this out. We're and librarians. We're librarians. Yeah. We don't make any money. So long story short, you know, it started there. And here we are now in episode episode 88 for us, I believe. You know, and we're we're just about to break at the time of this recording almost thirty five thousand downloads. That's incredible. It's very scary, is what it is. And we've developed relationships with friends all over the world because of it. It's really been an amazing journey, and it's been something that has provided opportunities for us to speak at conferences and and do all these other things too. And it's opened doors. It's allowed us to make friendships everywhere. So I'm really proud of it. And um, we just do what we do. And whether the quality is good or the quality sucks, whether you like us or not, we're still here. I believe technically it was our second episode, but it was our first recording was done with you at Long Island Library Conference. Yes, that's right. We did. Uh, in one of the rooms that we had? Uh, no, we were in the lobby right the next open. to the registration yeah, yeah. I apologize oh, wow. that you guys were in the lobby, and I apologize on behalf of the committee because I'm on that committee. <laughs> no, we just blame, blame Brian Adams every single time. It was so new, too, right? We didn't know. It was, it was a great time because we were out in the open, and we were able to interview some interesting people. Um, yeah, and like I think, the, Jessica, you brought over two people, right? Who were musicians or something or storytellers? Yeah, actually, I just had one of them back on um, for the second time. So what ha- what that was, was um, one of my classmates from high school, because if you listen to Turn the Page podcast, which if you're if you're listening through uh, Library Pros, check us out. We're cool. Um, Sayasa, <laughs> New York, is the hometown of people who do things that are big like we we have um 
a lot of people who have gone on to fame. We have a lot of notable alums. Notable alum, yes. Um, and we do interview them, and um, we call those Syosset stories. Uh, so, um, uh, Evelyn, what are some names of some people in Syosset who are notable? Who's a notable Syosset alum? Would you like to name somebody I will be who happy we've interviewed? <laughs> two of the stars from Rent. Um, unfortunately, we've only been able to interview one. That's Adam Pascal, right? Yeah. You've interviewed Natalie Portman. We have. He graduated from Syosset High School. You have interviewed... Sue Bird was one. Yeah. Judd Apatow. That's another one. So that, but that episode that we recorded with you guys, um, with you, Chris, was um, Jay Max. And Jay and I graduated high school together. And uh, he was the guest for the Pop Culture Committee, him and his songwriting partner, um, um, Alicia Angel. And they write children's music for Sesame Street and for other children's shows like Dora the Explorer. You know, they've been in Nickelodeon. So they did a presentation. Which about their presentation, by the way, it was a great presentation <laughs> about their work and you know how they how you craft music for children in this time where children technically listen to the same music as their parents. So you know, like how how does that work when we're at that point? Um, so he Jay is the jack of all trades and is also working on um, the Faces of Long Island project for Newsday. Wow. While also having a song that went viral um, in, I believe it was um, in, uh, was it Korea, I think? Um, he, a song that went viral um, in, in Asia um, uh, a few months ago. So we ha- had him back on about that because I, I was like, well, you're, all, you're still doing awesome things. So please talk to us about that. So that's who that was. That's really cool. And that's how we met. So. There you yes. Go. Long Island Library Conference. We blame Brian Adams. Please, let's blame him. We will, but we will give Stacy credit for Jessica and I meeting. Yes. Ooh, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we've got a lot of ground to cover, so let's take a short break. And when we return, we'll chat about why we started podcasts, what we do, and how we do it. So we'll be back in just a moment. So now we'll. And we're back uh, for this very special crossover podcast with the Library Pros and the Turn the Page podcast with Chris, Bob, Jessica, Stacy, and Evelyn. If you don't mind, I just want to clarify. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yes. Um, just to, just to clarify, so um, J Max's um, the the song is called Girls, and it was climb it climbed the charts in Taiwan, and it's been a huge hit. So um, he's amazing, and uh, check it out if you get a chance. Okay, so let's start at the beginning. For our podcast, and for listeners who most likely know this story already, the Library Pros rose from the ashes of me giving up my Droid X, which is kind of like what we talked about before. So tell us how Turn the Page was imagined. So I think, I, so as I was mentioning before, Lisa Hollander, um, I mean, really, we have to give her the credit for... Cause she A lot came of up behind with the, the scenes. And she came up with the name. Turn the Page is her name. She was like, we're calling the Syosset Libraries podcast Turn the Page. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Let's do that. Um, so 
I think, you know, I think originally she had thought about doing more interviews with us, but uh, realized that the behind the scenes was more for, you know, more for her. And I had been playing with Audacity. I played with it since I recorded um, at Long Island Library Conference and watched a few somewhat boring tutorials on lynda.com. <laughs> so I, I shouldn't be, you know what, I shouldn't be knocking lynda.com because they have amazing classes, but it was not the most exciting, but it, it, it got me where I needed to be because uh, I really was just like, I had no idea what I was doing and they have exercises. So then I started playing and it worked. And then, um, so Lisa puts everything up on the website and we were like, I guess we'll have to try to do it every other week. Like that was kind of our idea. We'll do something every other week. And uh, Lisa mm-hmm. and I recorded an intro where we're like, okay, we're going to This is what the podcast is going to be. And every now and then we'll do something called Pop Culture Corner, which literally never happens. Like, (laughs) we were going to talk about pop culture and Pop Culture Corner. I feel like we talk about pop culture more than anything now. That's funny. Well, that's Um, what's really good about your podcast. I always say that your podcast is like a potpourri because you never know what you're going to get from episode to episode. It could be a lot of pop culture. It could be an interview with... Natalie Portman, which still blew my socks off. It's like, oh my God, you nailed, you got Natalie Portman. You got Princess Amidala. How did you do that? You had a lot of hard work to do that. Uh, one. Did you want me to answer that? <laughs> <laughs> or I can wait to answer that if you want. Yeah, you, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. But I mean, okay. and you also do local history stories and interview people from the community. So there's, what fascinates me about Turn the Page is that how you never know what you're going to get episode to episode, where with us, it's the same kind of hacky stuff all the time. So, but what's really cool is you never know what you're going to get. And I think that's one of the, the best appeals to turn the page. Cause not only is it a podcast for the Syosset community, cause it is, it's also, it, it, you do something that library podcasts have a hard time doing. You don't just read the newsletter. You actually do things that are timeless that if people are, are listening to our podcast and say, you know what, I'm going to check out the Turn the Page podcast, they can go to episode one, and it's just as timely as what we're doing right now. Because when you do things on a podcast and you're doing things like, oh, next week we're going to have children's story time and we're going to do ABC, blah, 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 and then you listen to that three years from now, you're going to say, well, why am I listening to this? This happened three years ago. So I think you had figured out from the word go that timeliness matters and timelessness matters. And it's content over just trying to promote the shamelessly trying to promote the library. And I think some podcasts miss the boat on that. So you guys are great for that. Your production is great. And your your work in, in culminating guests and, and, and topics and pop culture really are amazing. I think we do it like that because we all have such different and diverse interests. Yeah. yeah. We, we try to, I mean, I know when I want to interview somebody, it's because of my interest in them. And I figure if I have an interest in it, there's got to be other people out there in the community that have the same interests. So. But it crosses over sometimes, which I think is part of the beauty of the whole thing. So, um, well, first of all, thank you very much. And uh, yeah. again, like, yeah, like yeah, that was so nice, such a nice compliment. Uh, and we wouldn't be anywhere without you all. And, you know, you talking about like tech and libraries and making library podcasts. A making viable, libraries relevant. Like a standard, you know, because when you like before the library pros, as you said, 
there were library podcasts out there. But if a library wanted a librarian wanted to start a podcast and they brought it to the director, the director would be like, eh, no, why? Like, could you please give me an example of why? And you know, <laughs> now like because of podcasts like Library Pros, people could be like, this is why. And the directors were coming more on board. So I think one of the things you say potpourri, and that's a perfect way of putting it because that was, I think what we originally thought of. Um, but I think one of the things we talked about when we were starting was that we are a library and people who come to a library are looking for a lot of different things. And some people come in and they want local history. Some people come in and they want pop culture or a movie or some people, some people are just random nerds who want to, learn about something weird like me i always want to learn about something weird so at first we we talked to a lot of different lecturers because we have really interesting lecturers but then something kind of funny happened where you know other librarians had interest what if what if i talk to this this author or um at one point, I just, uh, this is like my throwing spaghetti against the wall. I was like, I think it would be really cool if we talked to somebody who works in a Disney library because, you know, Disney has archives and libraries. So I began to dock archivists on LinkedIn. No, it's called guest development. We all know that I stalk people. You do podcast guest development. Guest development. Co- content curation. Yeah. That makes it legal. That makes it legal, right? It I know that so to much Stacey that the other day. She was putting out an inquiry and she's, I, I forget what terminology you used. And I'm like, no, say you, you are a, I think you said you spoke to author and you spoke to guests. And I was like, no, you say that you are yeah. a content curator. Because no, that sounds I think I said I, Yeah, I, I was like, I interview guests for our podcast and you're like no make it better make it this and hey that guest said yes and we're planning a date when they get back to me i'm very excited uh yeah so i i found some people who work at one of disney's many archives and i sent out a message and i thought they weren't going to get back to me but they did and as soon as they got back to me i was like this is happening so i kind of like you know put out an email to some of the disney files on on staff because I know we had many, and I said, would you all be interested? And many of these people, I think, probably hadn't expected they would want to be on the podcast. Like, it just wasn't something that they thought of. But when you were like, and this is to your point, Evelyn, do you want to talk to an archivist who works for the Disney company? Even somebody who is a librarian and would consider themselves as shy and not someone who would podcast was like, yeah, of course I do. And it brought them on. So... Um, what Evelyn was saying is we like to get a lot of staff voices in and we like people to play to their interest when they're interviewing. It makes a lot of sense. It really does. You know, as far as like, so authors are another thing. Um, you know, when we started getting more content, we started getting uh, some of the publishing houses sending us inquiries as to if we wanted to speak to authors and then did it that, start yeah. with that though, or did it start with us reaching out to the authors that already came to the building for events? We did have that. And maybe that's maybe that's where that came from. I just remember I was on vacation with my family and a rep for Lisa Scottolini emailed us and said, Do you want to talk oh, yeah, to yeah. Lisa Scottolini? And I emailed the entire reader services department and said, We want to talk to Lisa Scottolini, right? And everybody was like, Yes. Yes, everybody, me and Evelyn. Yes. She's been live on Facebook every Tuesday night. That woman, she just came out with Eternal. 
And that woman has more energy than your 18 month old. She is unbelievable. Yeah. The energy she has. She was great. She was, she was a great interview. I wish we could get her again. because She was really fabulous. Um, but yeah, from there grew um, some relationships with some publishers and then, you know, like somebody online when you were in at the conference, the last conference you went to. Oh, that was a whole other story altogether. Yeah, I, yeah I, that that's like post COVID, though, because that's like right. we really started to up the ante. But, um, yeah. you know, <laughs> e- Evelyn, like started talking to me. Oh, I really love this author. And, you know, like, do you think we could interview them? And I was like, please just like send out an inquiry see what happens and now mm-hmm. evelyn is an inquiry maniac she is so good at it she just so good. Like, i love doing it I, I love the challenge you know like for instance <laughs> adriana trigiani who is a very well-known author director i mean she's great i've loved all her books and i won a contest for one of her books so i had a name i had somebody to write to so i wrote right back to her assistant and i said we're doing a podcast would you be interested would Adriana had been interested in talking to us. Little did I know Adriana's mother was a librarian. So she jumped on the chance and we had her and we interviewed her. And it was the great, to me, it was like the greatest day of my life being able to talk to Adriana Trigiani. It was, and it was just great. We had a great rapport. And then all of a sudden I get an email from her assistant that Adriana wants to start interviewing libraries and librarians. And would I like to be on her Facebook Live. Wow. Doing this and then being asked to be on her Facebook Live, you can't ask for anything better. It was just, it was great. It was That's just, validation, right? Validation for yeah, what you're doing. Yeah. Totally. It was I think I want Evelyn's autograph now. <laughs> so I got, very, I got very lucky with that. But when COVID first started, I was had trouble reading at first, of course, like most of us did. We couldn't concentrate on anything. But I started reading an author and I loved her work. I read two of her books in like three days. So I reached out to her and right away she she got right back to me. And I'm like, this is amazing. So we interviewed her and I just you know what? These authors are more than willing. They want their book out. So it, it just works for all of our benefits. They get their books out. We get to talk to them. We get a copy of the book. We get to read it early. It's just all great. I mean, it's, and sometimes I'm very surprised how quickly they do answer. But they they get back to us. Sometimes they get back to you, like, within the same day you email them. That happened um, recently because Jessica has been pushing us to spread our wings and and reach out to to people. Because usually I'm just like, yeah, I'll hop on whatever interview. Like, because we all have different interests. But usually I'm willing to take one for the team and I'll interview someone even if I know nothing about them or what they do because we need someone to interview them I'm like all right like I'll just you know sit there and ask questions but I started to reach out and someone um for a debut author I reached out to their marketing um manager and their publicity manager and I was like hey it's their new book like this sounds awesome they got a lot of hype from you know, well-known thriller authors that seem to rave about it. Do they want to talk to us on our podcast? And I have to say, like, even with, um, I mean, like, I know a lot of people are over COVID, but with COVID happening and a lot of in-person events getting canceled, a lot of authors go virtual to either virtual visits at a library, and they're a lot more easier to connect with, I'd say. Then maybe in the past where like you have to kind of search through and dig through who do you contact to get in touch with that person to get on your podcast. 
So that's been kind of a, a blessing in this crazy world, but it's really fun to do it. And like Jessica said, like without you guys kind of starting in and making libraries relevant on the map of like, hey, like we do cool stuff. We wouldn't be here for without you guys. And talking about the whole COVID thing, it took all of these authors and their publicists and anybody else. I mean, God, I'm going to say it again, Natalie Portman. How do you whatever? It's amazing. They went from moving targets because they're they're making a movie and now they're doing this and now they're doing that to being at home just like us. Mm-hmm. And now they're just like, uh, what's going on? You know, and they're looking for any kind of outlet to try to keep their name out there somehow. So I'm going to give a plug to Carol Ann Tack at, at Top Shelf at Merrick Library podcast Absolutely. because okay. she, Carol Ann. she yeah, is amazing. We love her. We love her. She's amazing. And she was really able to parlay what she's done and turn it into getting galleys and having the publicist contact her with authors that are dying to get on her podcast. She's now she, her podcast and and maybe true with your podcast as well is part of the circuit is part of the tour of authors who are publicizing their books. So, you know, it's amazing how, yes, COVID was a horrible thing, but there are some things I think that changed how the day-to-day of certain things work and publicity and publicists and all that now are leaning so heavily on podcasts because think in terms of like Jimmy Kimmel couldn't have guests. Uh, the Tonight Show couldn't have guests. The Late Show couldn't have guests. And what what is the main theme of their show is to have guests. So eventually they figured out Zoom just like we all did. But mm-hmm. in terms of getting the word out there and grassroots, people sitting at home our, I know our listenership went crazy during the, the height of COVID. Um, and some people even used our podcast for professional development. Can you believe that, Bob? That's scary. Really? We have nothing That's interesting great. to say. Our guests have everything to say. We're just about two lunkheads just kind of putting this together and figuring it out. But, you know, what's interesting is it changed the dynamic of what publicity is and book tours and, and all that stuff. And who benefits from that but libraries? And think about how kind of prophetic it is that you guys went to your director saying, we want to make a podcast, and it turned into what it's turned into to a point now where you, as Carol Ann's is as well, is part of that that promotional circuit that, you know, it used to be like, you know, somebody puts out a movie, they go on The Tonight Show, they go on Letterman, they go on all these different things. And now for the book tours... Yeah, maybe they go into the Barnes and Noble over in Carl Place, or they're going to um, book review, review in Huntington, review. or hitting you know in Manhattan. Now they can't go to these places, or maybe they can in the future, but you know they're hitting the podcasts. So it, it, you guys really were forward thinking for that, and now it's I think it's really paid off for your podcast and for the library. Yeah, we also do our, you know, I mean, it's not a podcast, but we do the virtual author visits with them also. Yeah. And sometimes sometimes that actually helps uh, if, um, and we've done some live episodes too, right. which are sort right. of like a crossover. Yeah, but, we've done crossover things of Facebook of live, live episodes, but, um, yeah, but live podcast episodes too. Um, but what we'll do, you know, we'll we'll interview an author, and sometimes we have a really good rapport with them, and we'll be like, "Hey, do you want to do a virtual program?" And they'll say yes, and that's how mm-hmm. that happens. So, 
Uh, so let's talk about some nuts and bolts for anyone out there that wants to start up one of these endeavors. Let's talk. Um, so Jessica, Stacey, Evelyn, tell us about the moving parts of software, audio hosting, et cetera, things like that. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, uh, that's, that's, I'll direct you to Jessica. <laughs> All I know is that yeah, we, we've used, I know we've used Audacity. We show up. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we just, we show up. Um, worst comes to worst, Jessica can't set up the stuff. I know how to set it up. Do I edit anything? No. Have I tried learning <laughs> to edit things? Briefly. Like she brought up those window.com videos and I was kind of like, I don't no. She was like, I thought, yeah. <laughs> Stacy just did the thing like with your hand when you hold it flat and you fly it over your head. Yep. That's hysterical. Like, um like yes. Yeah. But, um yeah. we we use the what you said that you guys use, um the backpack. Was that it? That's all we I did. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is this is in the past though. This is this is our COVID. Equipment broke. on our iPad and we had yeah. microphones. Yeah. Um, I remember requesting because I can be a bit of a diva on occasion, I requested to the library buy me pink headphones. So they're they're downstairs. <laughs> Have I used them since no? But, um, but with, so we use audacity for editing by we, I mean, Jessica, um, I know we, uh, the, I'm trying to think the website that we use to even host Blueberry. Any of it. Blueberry. So, Blueberry, so, which Lisa does. Yeah. So this is this is all Lisa stuff. So yes, like yes, like Stacy was saying. Um, like I could go find her and like pull her on. But, uh, uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll she'd record. love that. <laughs> we'll record and. Um, if it's if I'm not on the podcast, someone else will record. They'll send the file to me. But anyway, um, I'll do editing, and then I upload everything to a special file where Lisa takes it, and I have a Trello board, which I don't even know if anybody uses Trello, but me. We do it work. Just, yeah, we love it. Yeah, oh, just, you guys do. I was like, I don't. Yeah, we use it for well, workflow. I, it's amazing. We went paperless because of it. I um I schedule everything on there. I this is the episode. This is the description. Here's any media that goes in the show notes. Here's anything specific that you need to know about, like you know, the book or the company name, branding. Um, Lisa takes everything. She uploads everything to go up on Blueberry, and then she schedules the Thursday posts on Twitter, which release the episodes. Um, we used all the equipment that that you know, all the software that you all used. Uh, at some point, we'll probably use it again, but right now, because everything broke during COVID, we're just recording over Zoom. Thank you, Zoom. And yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that because it looks, yeah, it's not bad. It's the quick and dirty. It's real easy to use. You hit record. You grab that audio, and mm-hmm. you're good to go. And then you just equalize it, and and off you go. And then you edit out the parts where Chris doesn't know how to read a question off the script. Sure. I mean, we we <laughs> edited some fun things. <laughs> there's some fun. All the announcements. Happened. Well, there's so one thing really cool happened. Um, a few weeks ago where we were recording something and um, for some reason I can't seem to find a way to silence my phone in my office <laughs> because that's where I record. So oh. I got that really annoying long buzz and it was happening while our guest was making a really cool point. And then of course, you know, like after I picked up the phone and was like, please don't call me back. <laughs> Click. Um, 
I we tried to go back to it, but when I was listening to the raw material, I realized that she made a really good point that she didn't make again when we did the do over. So I was like, okay. I went into audacity. I'm like, how am I going to fix this? This is really annoying. Like, because it's very difficult to remove background noise if you only have that noise within the context of somebody else talking. So I was thinking about it and I watched this tutorial video about removing background noise and you still, you needed that noise in and of itself. You couldn't have, you couldn't remove it through audacity from just the actual thing. So I called one of my coworkers and I asked her to just call me and I was going to leave my phone buzzing. And I recorded that and I sampled that and I went back into audacity using the tips I learned on YouTube and I eliminated the noise. Wow. Yay. It was the MacGyver method. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the trick of it. You know, it, we all go into this knowing nothing and then you kind of learn just by flying by the seat of your pants. It's trial by fire, mm -hmm. really. It, you know, with regard to us, we're along the same lines. We, now we're using Zoom. We used to do a lot of in-person interviews, but, and hopefully that comes back again because we talk to people from all over. It kind of necessitates us using, using Zoom or, or Google Hangouts or Google Meet or Skype. We've kind of used just about all of them. And uh, so we record to an iPad using what used to be Boss Jock, which is now Backpack, because we have all of our crazy sounds and everything. Uh, and then all of that gets funneled through a, a mixing board, which is kind of overkill. You can do it without a mixing board now, because you can use Audacity with your laptop and, and a USB mic or a USB mic wire that's USB on one end and powered and XLR on the other, so you can utilize the old school mics. There's so many different ways to do it, but I think a lot of what people miss is it's that you know you don't upload your podcast file to to iTunes. Mm -mm. So for for somebody who's thinking about actually doing this, there's there are some moving pieces. So you have your hardware to do the recording. And once you have your hardware and you've you know you figured out all that, once you record your episode and then there's the whole creative part to it too where you need artwork and you need, you know, music if you want to put music in there for intros and recording intros and all that other stuff. But just in terms of the, the mechanics of getting your podcast out there into the world. What you need to do is create an RSS feed. Now, we use Blueberry as well because it automatically creates that RSS feed for you. And what Blueberry is is an audio host. So think in terms of if you're making your holiday cards or you're making a book for your family and you use Shutterfly or one of those um, places where you upload the photos and the photos live there and then you can make things with it. The... Um, Audio host does the same thing. So when you create an account with the audio host, it creates an RSS feed. And then what you do is you go to iTunes and you log into the podcaster dashboard and you input that RSS feed. And then there's a review process with Apple. Same thing with Google Podcasts and Stitcher and Spotify and iHeartRadio and Deezer and all of the, the podcatchers that are out there. And you kind of want to hit all the big ones. Because there's a bunch of little ones that just um, kind of mirror image that. You have to create that RSS feed. And once it's approved, every time you update your podcast with a new episode, that link automatically updates and the new episode is pushed to those podcatchers. So like when we eventually edit this and we get it up onto, you know, onto Blueberry and we upload the episode and launch the episode... When we go to our website or we go to Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen, and you refresh, boom, it's just going to be there. Sometimes it's instantaneously. Sometimes it takes 10 minutes. Sometimes it takes an hour. But it pushes automatically. So when you're starting, it's a real pain in the rear end because 
you have to figure all this stuff out, and it sounds a lot harder than it is. But once you do, it's seamless. You upload it, you launch it, and it's there. As far as that process, it's really not that not that terrible. It's just it's scary because the first one, because you record your first episode before you can start that RSS feed. And then you think, oh, no, I screwed it up. How do I not screw it up? But a lot of the audio hosts make it really easy. Blueberry actually... If you're not using their website, they actually have a plugin, and Blueberry for I think the twenty dollar a month plan actually will give you a web page in WordPress. So they'll give yeah. you a URL. So it'll be like mypodcast.blueberry.net, and you can log into a WordPress backend, and it automatically inserts your artwork, which is another whole thing you need to have certain, you know, pixel artwork. Um, and then you go into the back end of WordPress and you create an episode just by going post, new post, put all the info in, and it builds out where the, to put the audio file, how to do your HTML tags, and boom, it's there. And now you have a website as well. So uh, there are other companies out there like Libsyn and uh, I think Podbean is another one. And there's a whole bunch of audio hosts out there. We chose Blueberry just because of that functionality and that extra added piece of getting a website and making it easier with WordPress. So that's why we went with Blueberry. And when we help other libraries or other podcasters who want to get into the, the genre, uh, I recommend Blueberry, but I also recommend looking at the others out there and seeing what's out there. Cause there are some free ones. SoundCloud is out there. There's a bunch of places out there. So um, if there was any advice I could give is that, Examine them all, figure out how much you can afford or how much your library can afford if you're doing it for the library and see what works best and, and read, go on Reddit and go on some of these message boards and read the horror stories. And, you know, I always say like when I go to Amazon to buy a product, I don't read the one stars, I don't read the five stars. I read the three stars and the, and the four stars and the two stars because usually they're a little more critical. Read those reviews and see what the pros and cons of each one is because, you know, everybody's going to have a different skill set and everybody's going to have a different comfort level so you have to find what works so again we kind of glanced into this but jessica this is your question so go for it all right so let's talk hardware there are so many ways to record uh what are some of your favorite de devices mics soundboards etc yeah um like i said before i right right now i use a behringer what is this it's a xenix 802 usb mixing board. I have one at home and I have one at the booth at Sachem. Um, my portable kit that I use at home have those Samson R21s, which are solid microphones. I use an iPad with, with backpack. We use a MacBook for for both the editing with Audacity and for actually holding the Zoom. And, you know, like I said before, you really don't need a lot of hardware to do this. You could do this with, with a voice memo on your iPhone. Really, it's, it's really that simple. So tell us about what you guys use. Well, so originally, um, as I mentioned, so we used all the stuff that you had uh, recommended. Um, however, uh, unfortunately for us, as COVID hit, I found that my soundboard started failing me and not recording interviews. And it wasn't, it, it just, it wasn't working. So right now, all we do is record through our laptops, through Zoom and we convert the file to an mp3 file and then put it into audacity once when when we start having in-person people again we'll probably get a new mixing board and uh, do a combination of both 
Um, the flexibility, you, you can't get better flexibility though with uh, just like a Zoom platform and a computer. You know, and it's something I, I need, I think I should bring up because it's really important. If you want to be on Spotify, Spotify actually has a requirement that your files are MP3. So some people like to go MP4A because of the quality, but they also take up more data. I think MP3 is kind of becoming the standard. And if you want to be on Spotify, which it seems as though Spotify and Apple now are going toe-to-toe now that Apple is developing that um, that pay service, and then you have Stitcher, which is also no slouch either, you should really consider, if you don't know what file format to go with, definitely go with MP3, because MP3 is where it all started. M4A kind of creeped in and, and had better quality, but MP3 seems to be the leader right now. I guess I'm moving on my question. So now that we've built it all out, let's talk about content because without content we don't have a show and i think um, we proved this podcast has no content at all so I, wow i mean come on you, you, you have your podcast all over the world how do you yeah yeah not only that but if you could be used as professional development i don't want to hear nothing True. <laughs> you are being used for professional development that's really important for librarians that graduated after 2010 because i am one of them and i need hours we need that just means I gotta go through like your whole entire episode list and just be like, "Look what I'm doing, New York State." I didn't know I'm that. That's professional. Great. That's pretty funny. <laughs> how but, do you find content? So you know, content is. How do we even? You know, for for me, you know, we use the word stalk a lot, but for us, because <laughs> we talk to library library professionals all over the world, I like to look at the library journal mover and shaker list. Because there's some amazing people doing some amazing things. And there's a lot of librarians out there that are on that list that are doing tech things. And I think those people are good jump off points. Because if you can talk to those people who are doing something that's groundbreaking and they say yes and coming on your podcast, it's a win-win for everybody. Mm -hmm. So because our podcast is primarily an interview-based podcast, although Bob and I have gone and and done a a two-man podcast. Bing Crosby, Bob Hope style yeah. show from time to time, you know, because it's, it's interview driven, it's always fun talking to interesting people who do amazing things. And then right. as you develop your, your base of uh, people that you talk to all the time, and we've developed some great friendships from, from doing this podcast, they steer you to other people and they steer, and then those people steer you to other people. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, it kind of, almost self-perpetuates to the point where people are sending you people that are interesting as guests and you don't have to work as hard. Trust me, it's still hard to find guests sometimes, especially nowadays. But, you know, the idea is to to find those guests who you think are going to be interesting and engaging and are going to be good for the podcast and, and quite frankly, are going to keep the listener listening longer. A lot of what you did, Chris, is about the networking model. So if you run into Chris for more than 30 seconds, he'll tell you about the podcast. And when we had Rob on the podcast, that that just opened us up to a lot of people uh, as well, right? Because they just started talking. You stayed in touch with them, and then you right. Know, we so, just had more so people Rob Thompson podcast. is the state manager for Australia's version of ALA, and so they have state managers for each state. He's a state manager for um, for New South Wales, and before him, it was Sally Turbot from the podcast Turbot and Duck, and that's really how we got our foot in the door with with friends in Australia. Yeah. So she was state manager. So she had gotten us a couple of people. And then when Rob took over, Rob is probably one of the most dynamic guys you'll ever meet. And he seems to know everybody. And he's sent so many guests from from down there to us. 
and every single one has been a home run. That's you, awesome. When you develop those relationships, you never know where it's going to expand. And, you know, I always use the example of a drop of ink in a napkin. That drop of ink is that initial contact with somebody, and then it kind of spreads from there. So as far as, you know, trying to figure out content for us, it's it's about the interview and about the person we're talking to. And just like with you guys, I mean, we feel like the guest kind of drives how good or not good the interview is going to go. So we've had a couple of real, real, I'm talking stinkers, real bombs. But for the most part, you know, we're lucky because we we're able to get guests who are enthusiastic about being on and just like to have a good time. So for us, content is is king, and that's where your creativity comes in too to to develop. And especially for you guys, I mean, God, you, explain that because you guys are all over the place. And like we said earlier, you do a little bit of everything, and you have a great team that, that puts it all together. So why don't you tell us about that? So you want to talk about Natalie, right? <laughs> it's like it's all about Natalie. You can talk about Jet Avatar too. That's fine. Uh, that particular thing, like I, I have a list of Syosset alum on my wall, and you know I'm trying to reach out to different ones, and you know notable alum with Judd. I'll go with Judd first because that kind of started um, around the same time as I was reaching out to Natalie. We were approaching. We, we knew we would be approaching our 100th episode once we started going weekly, shorter and a quicker amount of time than we thought we would. And we'd gotten Sue Bird, we'd gotten um, Adam Pascal. And, you know, just like, I, I kind of went to my director and I was like, okay, who do you want for the 100th episode? And she's like, Judd Apatow or Natalie Portman. And I was like, okay, let's see what we can do. So I like to cast a wide like a, a wide net I was like okay so I first you know let me see if I can find a company that manages Judd's speaking engagements uh, maybe a podcast that he's involved in and just start reaching out to people and I, I wasn't really getting anything back but then I realized that he published a book with Penguin Random House and I reached out to his publicist through Penguin Random House and they got back to me right away that he was super excited to talk to the Syosset Public Library and I was like what? Okay, cool. That's incredible. It's called name recognition. This, yeah, <laughs> I was okay. Uh, yeah, I was like, okay. So um, we had a date to record, and it was March twenty fifth, twenty twenty, and COVID hit, and I got a call from not a call. I got an email from his publicist, and she's like, he's not in the right headspace for this, and I was like, okay. Uh, but every few weeks, I kind of reached out because we were still approaching that hundredth episode. <laughs> um, and eventually, at the very last minute, it happened. I, I think he was about to start going on the circuit to talk about uh, King of Staten Island, which released on um, digital download like every other movie in 2020. And he he spoke to us, and he was really nice, and he spoke to us for a while, and super, super cool. Um, with Natalie... I, I wasn't really sure which way to go because I know there are people she like she was in school the same time as me. So, like you know, it was more possible that if I was just to kind of start talking to people from Syosset and be like, is anybody still in touch with her family? But I didn't really want to go that route. Um, so she was actually coming out with a children's book, uh, which was being published by one of Macmillan's imprints. And I went to um, I emailed people from that company and they got back to me and they're like, we'll reach out. And then um, I 
at PLA, I saw somebody from, you know, who was promoting it. And uh, I was like, oh, I reached out to you guys, you know, Natalie Portman, she's a Syosset alum, blah, blah, blah. They're like, oh, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll be in touch. And it took a lot of like, chasing after things and, you know, to make it happen. And then she lost internet connection the night we were supposed to record. So Evelyn remembers that because like right i was leaving early that night to go yeah, home yeah. and record he was in australia filming a movie then there was just like there was no internet connection so they mentioned they're like okay can you do it at this other time and i happened to be on vacation with my family at that other time but i wasn't gonna not do it so um i just locked myself in my room of the airbnb that we were in and i recorded that interview and she was just super nice so uh, that's that's how that happens. And like just in other things, like I said, like I, I find people on LinkedIn. Um, I like to see what people are interested in. I uh, Stacy knows this story because I love to tell it. I um, uh, earlier on, I reached out to this really independent publishing company called Not a Cult because they were publishing a memoir of Dante Bosco, who was Prince, uh, Prince Zuko in Avatar The Last Airbender, The Voice. But Rufio... So, in, I was going to say, he was Rufio and He was Hulk. Rufio and Hook. And I had a massive crush on him when I was 11 or 12, and I saw that movie, and I didn't realize how much of a crush I had on him until about two seconds before we were going to interview him, and I just started feeling queasy. But, you know, they got back to me right away. And then I just like chased that rabbit until I grabbed it because there was no way I wasn't going to interview him once they got back to me. I was, and, and then I was like, Stacy, you know, would you be interested in this? So it, it's, it's all about the enthusiasm. It's all about, you know, Evelyn, um, she's really, really good at finding books that are going to get big. She's mm-hmm. really, really good at, um, at, uh, querying people she'll you know she'll get really excited about something and you know that's that's her style like she's really good at getting the authors and stacy you just uh yeah i like i'm, to- I'm new yeah. to it i just go like this sounds cool can we do this and then only recently i'm like all right i'll actually like contact the person so like we try with content it's either something to do with our interests something that has to do with libraries and reading or with the community and um like you said it's stock and i was like i hope he does not listen to this but whatever um a guest <laughs> that i'm trying to get uh, works out locally and i'm like you have celebrity clients but you work out at syosset let's chat about health and fitness and why you work out in syosset and i know this because i recognize i mean i would tell this to him whenever I talk to him that, Hey, I recognize on your Instagram post, your gym, you go to my dad's gym. I know that gym talk to me about that. Um, cause I, I do like health fitness stuff, but honestly, I would hope my, my person I'm gunning for. And you talked about politics briefly before Chris is that Chris Evans actor commentator I, I love you and your work as an actor but you are interested in politics chris evans are you listening to this talk politics with me and how libraries can help spread the word a starting point let's make a collaboration something like that um but i mean you just what jessica said you got to cast a wide net and find ways around to try to get the people you want that that was my second shot of trying to get him to be a guest on our podcast if he listens <laughs> and you guys have listeners around the world so hopefully they'll you know 
get his attention to be a guest. That'd be really cool. But that's something that I was like, look, he's really big on politics now and spreading like who your representatives are, knowing the important issues that are going on. And I was like, libraries are really good at doing that. Collaboration. Yeah, friendship. Absolutely. So I'm yeah. like, why can't we be friends? Like, come on, come come chat on my podcast. <laughs> But the library's podcast. Stacey's bringing up the point that, you know, we want, uh, when you're talking about content, you want the interviewers to be excited about it. Because if yeah. they're not, I think that the listeners can tell, you know, if you're just yeah. phoning it in. And we've gotten librarians who I would have never thought would be interested in talking on the podcast. Like, we... Um, you know, like, uh, we have Barney who's, you know, he does some local history stuff. He's the local history librarian, but, uh, you know, we've gotten like Jeffrey Deaver was uh, one of our guests. And like, I was like, Barney, would you be interested in Jeffrey Deaver? And he was grinning from ear to ear that entire interview. So I was like me with Adriana. Oh yes. Yeah. (laughs) Well, tomorrow though, I, I reached out to, um, Polly Sampson, her name is, and she's got a book coming out here in the States. She's over in England. So tomorrow we're going to be interviewing Polly Sampson. Her book is a theater for dreamers. And Polly Sampson happens to be married to David Gilmore from Pink Floyd. So it's like, wow. so That's exciting. Great. I mean, it's <laughs> like, I, I can't even believe that. Like, She's married to David Gilmore. I mean, it's just unbelievable. So that's our episode tomorrow. We're recording it. So I'm really excited for it. But this is her first book, I believe, being published here in the States because she's she's well known over over across the pond. She's written lyrics with him, <laughs> songs. So it's it's exciting. There's a lot to talk about. So that's tomorrow. But I found that if you just if you're on Twitter or if they're on Facebook mm-hmm. or if they're on Instagram and you send them a message. If they're too busy, they'll send it to their publicist. But a lot of the times, that's how I've gotten the authors to to speak with us, just by sending them a message on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. And uh, another thing that we've kind of delved into recently is interviewing other podcasters because, um, you know, you, you talk about library, you know, like, and I think, Chris, we talked about this at one point. There's like a, there's like, we have like this three, three, this, um, what is it called? Uh, Venn diagram. You have libraries, you have Syasset. Sometimes those things meet and, you know, um, I think I think everything is this is centered at the library personally more now than ever. And, you know, podcasts, a lot of them are either historical or informational. So um, I'd kind of been tipped off by a friend uh, about this podcast called You're Wrong About, which is about this misremembered history and, uh, you know, kind of looking back and doing a deep dive into things that people might remember from the past and like what really happened. So I was like, well, you know what? This is very interesting. Librarians love to tell people they're wrong about things. Let me see if somebody, if like one of the hosts wants to talk to us about you're wrong about. So um, one of them was busy. The uh, Sarah Marshall though uh, was like, yeah, I'll do it. And she also has another podcast now called why our dads, which is awesome. Awesome. But um, so we interviewed her about you're wrong about. And as we were doing the exit interview, just randomly, myself and Sharon, the other librarian on it, and Sarah started talking about just like how children's media was really scary in the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. And we've had her on two other times just to talk about 
disturbing children's media and the history behind them and what we remember. So that was kind of a weird little, uh, little thing. Although now I think she's probably like, she's super busy. She was on like good morning America talking about, um, something a few weeks ago. So, uh, don't know when we'll have her on again, but it's been fun. I just want to mention one person that we did as a podcast interview a long time ago was Zibby Owens with mom. Oh, yes, 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 yes. She has taken off. Yeah. You know, amazingly, she's, She's got like four or five different podcasts that she's reached out and done since she started that one. But she's right. really up there with her podcast. And we interviewed her way back in the beginning. So. Way back in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Now that we've taken up all your time. No, oh, it's just great. Show, it shows Fantastic. the potpourri of, of the Syosset <laughs> Library's podcast. Yeah. I'm in awe. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy. So go ahead, Evelyn. You've got the last question of the. Uh, okay. So the tie-in to what we do in library land, how does this benefit the listener, whether it's library folks or the public we serve? And if we're pitching this to administration, how do we do this? So we kind of touched on this before, um, talking about how we pitch it to admin. Um, yeah. you, I think you do it by example. Um, but, you know, it's turned, the benefit to the listener, I think it's pretty clear from everything we've been saying that there's something that you get out of a podcast. Sometimes it's entertainment. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. information. Sometimes it's just noise in the background that you just like to have on and you catch a tidbit here and there. As as far as the tie-in to, to what we do in libraries, that was my initial draw to podcasts. So it was, what podcasts are out there? Is anybody talking about libraries and technology? And it kind of stems from what Bob and I were connected with was with the Technology Information Forum, where we would meet monthly and talk about you know issues happening with the technology in our libraries. And I wanted to kind of expand that to, with this podcast to turn it into how do we talk about these these topics and situations and, and the good, the bad, cool, innovative things that are being done. And I think if you're pitching this to admin, you can say, well, look what Syosset's doing. Look what Carol Ann's doing over at Merrick. Look at what they're doing over in Oceanside or what they're doing in Brentwood with their teen podcast. Uh, you know, there's so many different great examples out there. Um, look at what New York Public is doing. You know, look what Boston Public is doing. There's so many different examples out there. And to put one out there with the branding of your library only, I think, enhances what we do. And it, it, it's just it's another form of publicity as well. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, well I, said. yeah, well said. Can't that's a hard that's a hard act to follow. Um, <laughs> I you I, I think the more publicity you have for your library, the more it benefits libraries in general. I think there's still people out there who have this old 1890s view of what libraries are mm-hmm. and i think showing the spectrum of what we do technologically what our interests are what you know like that we that we're entertainment as well as information i think is um really important and uh, i think one of the cool things is when somebody who maybe moved out of your community realizes that your community has a podcast and then they become excited about it 
because it's a tie to their hometown that they wouldn't have had and not just their hometown, their hometown library, which I think libraries are really the the hubs of everything. So Yeah, it makes sense. And it and, and how cool is it to tie in those those people who fled to Florida yeah. or North Carolina? <laughs> you know, those expats who now can you know kind of surround themselves again with everything that they miss about Syosset or everything they missed about Holbrook or they miss about uh, Setauket or Patchog, or I'm going to keep throwing local names out there until people say, shut up, Chris. Um, <laughs> in terms of that, I mean, it really is kind of cool because we kind of bring it around and podcasts help to make the world a little bit smaller in a good way where we can talk about these different things. Like I, I'm not from Syosset. I enjoy your podcast. Because again, you guys have the potpourri, and I love Carol Ann's podcast because it's. And I, look, I am probably the worst librarian at Reader's Advisory. I couldn't even tell you the last book I read, and if it was something, it was something nobody's going to read. And so to listen to Carol Ann interview these amazing authors, and to listen to you guys interview amazing authors, it helps me. The next time I get get put on the spot with well what do I read next? You know, I'm like this. I'm like, Oh, Caroline interviewed that person. So maybe I'll just throw that book out there and, and hopefully they, they leave and they're happy and, and I've done my job and I can move on to other things. Um, but even in terms of just how we, this helps us, how we serve our public. I learn from podcasts. I learn so many different things, even if they're little tidbit things. Um, it, there's so much to be learned from, what happens. And there are some people that take deep dives. Um, like a, a good friend of mine from up in, in Merrimack Valley, up in Massachusetts, I'm going to throw another name out there. Um, it's the historical nerdery podcast, which he just launched. Um, it's, it's great because he is a revolutionary war Uber nerd to the point where he, I think his first episode was the trauma suffered by loyalists during the revolutionary war loyalist citizens like who studies that i mean let's be real but he goes in and it's alex kane is his name and he does such a great job of articulating from 200 some odd years ago what the thought process was of the people in that time and how they were feeling and their emotions and he goes through the he reads all the information so he digests all that stuff for us and I can listen to it in a half-hour podcast and say, holy crap, that's amazing. As opposed to having to sit and digest a 700-page book or some di- a diary from somebody of that period. It's almost like podcasts can also be people who do the work for you in a certain, a certain extent. So there's, there's so much out there in podcasting. And if you just want to you know, listen to something crazy and, and you know, kind of like, eating a bag of chips kind of podcast. You have the Joe Rogans out there and that kind of stuff too. So it really is interesting to see now how it's really have blossomed just from the time that I started, you know, investigating it back in 2012 to how it's, I mean, if Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin has a podcast, I think, I think we've reached full circle. So yeah, peak podcast. Yeah. It's, what more do you say? Is Does this put regular radio out of business? You know, how does this affect, you know, the model of other entertainment venues? Because everybody else's piece of the pie is getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. But, you know, as far as it, how it ties into library land, you know, people listen to us. Uh, why, I don't know. But they seem to get something out of it. And 
I think if they are, if it's a library centric podcast that's talking about library stuff, it's something that can be used for it to help your career. Just like listening to you guys, listening to Carol Ann or, or listening to even average Brentwood teens to get ideas to how to do things with teens. You know, it's, there's so much that you can gain from that. And even if you get a small grain of sand nugget of an idea, it's something you can bring to your library and give it the flavor of Syosset or the flavor of Emma Clark. And again, like you said before, librarians and libraries are great at collaborating because we're not in comp- we're in friendly competition with each other, but we're really here to help each other. And I think podcasting is just another avenue for that on top of it just being entertaining. Can't argue with that. Nope. So this has been amazing. Yes. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. Hasn't this, I could go on another three wow. hours talking about this stuff. This is amazing. So it's been great talking about podcasting, you know, for libraries and in general. And I want to thank the Turn the Page podcast for wanting to do a crossover with us. And we thank the listeners of Turn the Page for listening to these two clowns from the library pros, because I think there's a lot here. And if you're listening, if you're a, a library professional listening to this, hopefully it inspired you to start a podcast or to consider starting a podcast or maybe pitching it to your board or to your administration. Uh, and if you're somebody who's listening who maybe is a Syosset resident, I think we guarantee they're not going to listen to the library pros after this. Um, <laughs> oh, no. But, but you can, it's nice to, to pull that green curtain back and see what the man behind the curtain is doing <laughs> and, and to understand that there's a lot that goes into this. And as entertaining and as uh, easy as it sounds and as easy as we make it sound, it's not necessarily easy all the time. And, you know, I think pulling that green curtain back, especially in an episode like this, really makes people who are interested in this understand it a little bit more. Um, and if there are some library people out there that are interested in starting uh, a podcast and they want more information, you know, they can reach out. We have a contact us page on our webpage, the librarypros.com. Uh, I'm sure there's contact info for you guys too, right? Yeah. Um, you can find us um, at uh, SPL Turn the Page on Twitter. You can reach out to us that way, um, or you can reach out to, I believe, Jay Shirtan. There's links on our homepage. Yeah, there's links on our homepage. Do that. Go to our homepage. Um, Sassetlibrary.org. Syassetlibrary.org. And uh, we and um, you will be directed to the right place. Excellent. And we're on Twitter as well at, at the Library Pros. And we're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Library Pros. And, you know, you can check us out anywhere. Just throw us in Google because we'll come up and hopefully it won't be a poop emoji. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for coming on, guys. And um, thank, thank you for, thank you. Thank you thank you for you so coming much. on. This was really, um, really exciting. If, talk about things coming full circle. It was really exciting <laughs> to record with you all. And um, we want to thank you for doing a special crossover episode. Awesome. We appreciate it. Our pleasure. Thanks so much. It's time to close this chapter of Turn the Page. Join us for the next episode.